Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altra. I'm Vanessa Rogers, the AVP of Workforce Development at the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, and I will be your special guest host for this episode of National Workforce Development Month in September. I have had the experience of working in workforce development for the past decade, and I'm very excited to be here today with our guest, Bennett Misalucha. Bennett brings more than 30 years of business and community experience to her new role as the Executive Director of the State Workforce Development Council. As the former state senator, Bennett was the Vice Chair for Energy, Economic Development, and Tourism. Prior to entering public service, she was a respected community leader holding executive positions in banking, marketing, public policy, and in community outreach. Talk about a wealth of experiences to bring to this new role. Bennett, thank you so much for being here today. Mahalo for the opportunity, Vanessa. It's my honor to be here. Thank you. You have such an impressive background, and I'm really excited to uh, dive into this conversation with you today. But before we jump into workforce development as a broad topic, would love to hear a little bit about what got you into workforce development in Hawaii. It has always been a passion of mine to ensure that everybody, all American residents, will have an opportunity to be able to have a quality of life, and that really means quality jobs. I am an immigrant myself. I came here 40 years ago, and when I look back at my career, I've had incredible experiences that were afforded to me, and I'd like to make sure that everybody else has that opportunity as well. So when I was at the Senate, we actually uh, started some initiatives in our district that really speaks about that, particularly to the fact that um, in my district, IAEA, uh, the IAEA high school, um, uh, high school itself, um, unfortunately had a low uh, college-bound ratio. And of course, in order to be able to make ends meet, if they don't go into the trades, um, you know, a lot of the graduates may end up having to de- to make uh, ends meet in order to make ends meet they would have to do two or three jobs. And that affects the quality of life for their families. And that has repercussions in our socioeconomic um, health in our in our district. So the idea is how do we provide them some opportunity so they can uh, choose to, to go into those kind of jobs that would afford them the, the quality of life that I was mentioning. And so we started some initiatives and partnerships with particularly Amazon Web Services. And actually, at the end of my term, we were able to uh, pen a, uh, a a letter of agreement between the Department of Education, uh, uh, Amazon Web Services, as well as um, the University of Hawaii. And so hopefully that pilot will you know continue to forge ahead and we'll be able to be uh, actually... Uh, repeated in other parts of uh, the Department of Education system. Excellent. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, while I do believe that it's everybody's um, individual responsibility to build a life for themselves as a society, it is our 
um, imperative to make sure that we provide access to op of opportunities for everyone. Definitely. And I know there is so much amazing work happening in Hawaii and so many great partnerships, particularly around workforce development. Um, and I know that recently you had the opportunity to launch some new workforce development uh, hero awards. Can you talk to us a little bit about what was the impetus for these awards? Um, and just tell us a little bit about where you're at in that process. Sure. Thank you very much for that question. Vanessa, before I dive into that question, do you mind if I share a little bit about Workforce Development Council and Please. what it is? Then that way it will really have a context on the initiatives that we're launching. So Workforce Development Council um, was provided for under the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, WIOA, they call it, WIOA. And um, so the Workforce Development Council is composed of 41 members. What is it? It's the policy and planning advisor to the governor and on workforce matters. And why is that important? When you think about the fact that um, WDC is composed of 41 members, of which 17 of whom are private sector, these people are you know, leaders in their industry, in their sectors, or, or represent um, hiring authorities like HR folks. And so they have ears on the ground. They know what's happening in their sectors. And that information can really roll up to the governor who needs to be able to be armed with this strategic information so he can be able to make key decisions on workforce in our community. So it's very important. You th I, I, I liken WDC as like, if you think of it, of it as a bank, right? There's a bank board and that sets the policy, sets the direction, um, and even evaluates key leaders or executives within that uh, enclave. However, at the end of the day, it's really the bank that implements it. So mm -hmm. in this case, Department of Labor and Industrial Relations, through its Workforce Development Division, they have uh, the operational um, expertise to be able to implement the particular, particularly those that are mandated by the federal uh, guidelines. Mm -hmm. So now I can dive into your question <laughs> about workforce development heroes. So um, as you know, uh, as you had mentioned, September is Workforce Development Month throughout the country. And as we looked at the horizon, we have never really celebrated it. And it's about time we did. And so, and how do you celebrate the month without celebrating the people behind it? These are the unsung heroes, people who have really um, made it a commitment to be able to help others and make a difference and make sure that people are equipped with the right training, the right resources, the right faculties, the right and the right fit. Because we talk about economic development, but economic development really needs to go hand in hand with workforce development. Mm -hmm. it, one cannot exist without the other. Because if you have economic development, you have you're driving industries. But how can you do that without the necessary human resources to support that? You can talk about AI now, but it will. I think human resources will continue to be around, and <laughs> we we certainly have the wherewithal to be able to um, you know push forward with it. Um, and so, when we talk about heroes, we wanted to recognize and acknowledge those. And you know, so for the workforce development heroes, we had uh, said that we were looking for folks, um, and in the end, we were awarding two from from Oahu, 
one from the Big Island, one from Kauai, and one from Maui. And we were able to accomplish this. We had three judges, very competent judges. Um, one was Keala Peters from the Chamber of Commerce. Then we had Brian Lee from Lesset or the uh, uh, Labor Union um, uh, Education Fund. And then the other one was um, Ben Trevino <clears throat> from the Omidyar Fellows. And they poured through the entries. And I tell you, we had a great crop of, of nominees. And in the end, we were able to uh, accomplish what we had set out to do. The announcement of the winners, unfortunately, we'll, we're going to have to hold it in abeyance only because there are some sensitivities, of course, with the Maui. And we also wanted to make sure the right authority or, or organization would make that announcement. So hold your horses for now <laughs> until such time that we're able to reveal who the winners are. But I can tell you, once you hear their names, you're going to your heart will be warmed by the stories that they have, the amazing credentials and heart that they do have. Yeah, thanks for sharing all of that. And, and thanks for bringing this forward. It's so important to bring to light the great work that's happening on the ground. Um, so we will definitely look forward to hearing about the winners of those Workforce Hero Awards. Um, and perfect timing, you know, just off the heels of Labor Day weekend. And as we kick off Workforce Development Month, it's really a great reminder to everyone to celebrate our, our workforce. Um, so what are some ways that our business community and some of our listeners today can acknowledge and appreciate their employees? I think each company will be able to recognize, have their own special ways to recognize their employees. I think um, it's not a matter of how. I think I'll leave it to the to the industry or to the companies to do that. I think it's a matter of making sure we do, mm -hmm. right? Um and I think whether it be a, a special lunch or I think, again, I will leave it to the companies to do that. But I think it's important for us throughout the country. There's actually proclamations being, um, you know, done by the governors or, or um, by the counties. Um, there's also, um, you know, conferences or convenings that are happening around this time of the year. Um, in fact, next next week, there's a national conference that's being held in California, uh, again, because of the fact that we are celebrating National Workforce Development Month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So great time to put some emphasis on it. Absolutely. So as we've discussed before, Hawaii and, and really the whole country is putting a big emphasis on workforce development. Um, and I can definitely see how dedicated you and, and your team and the state as a whole is to seizing this opportunity, as we know that we're really laying the foundation for decades to come. And I understand that you recently kicked off the process of working on the state's strategic plan. Can you share a bit about what this is and how this process has evolved over time? Sure. So um, it's an exciting time for workforce development. Um, I was in several convenings the past couple of weeks, and they all underscore the fact that there has never been this much investment from the federal government into workforce development. Even the Department of <clears throat> U.S. Department of Transportation actually said that their formula dollars, which they normally allot for like infrastructure, right, roads and bridges, a portion of it now can be devoted to workforce development. Think wow. about that, mm -hmm. right? So all the various agencies have workforce development component in their plans. 
because they recognize the importance of workforce development. So pivoting to our strategic plan, every four years, every state in the country is mandated to develop a strategic plan for their state in order to continue to receive federal dollars. So the last one was in 2020. So now we're coming upon 2024. And our plan is due along with everybody else in March 2024. And this will take us to 2028. Now, the there were probably three interesting aspects of the, the current plan that would be, um, you know, new. One is the fact that in the past, it's a silo where the plan reflected the public sector initiatives. Mm-hmm. But we're an island. Whatever, you know, the left should know what the right hand is doing. And it really should be an integrated approach and not just a silo where only the public sector takes care of their plan and private sector initiatives are not incorporated. This time, we're really making a good effort to include all of the initiatives and really have an inventory so that then when we take a look at our strategies, it's not just applicable to one side of the house, but in every corner of the house. Mm -hmm. When you think of it, you know, the strategic plan is the governor's plan. It's the state's plan. It's not just a public sector plan. Mm -hmm. So we have reached out to those private sector nonprofits who are involved in workforce development, and hopefully we can capture all that and then be able to make a key decisions on our strategic direction. So that's one. The second is we want to make sure that it incorporates the market trends, mm-hmm. whether it be AI, right, gig economy, and then, of course, post-COVID mm-hmm. changes, whether it be attitudes. or So as we approach the future, do we have the necessary resources? Do we have, are we set up with a correct infrastructure to be able to support that? You know, when you think about AI, for me, I know people get scared about it in a way, but there's people who liken it that we're living in during the times like the Industrial Revolution Mm -hmm. days. This is going to be phenomenal because, but we need to have the right mindset. So as an example, um, I, I, you know, somebody mentioned this to me that AI is going to even change the curriculum and perspectives of the academe. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at accountants, for instance, not to scare the accountants out there, okay, <laughs> but AI could fulfill that function, right? Mm-hmm. However, there's such a term as responsible AI now, wherein you're not necessarily trying to replace human resources, where you're trying to make their jobs more efficient. What took them two weeks to come, you know, to, to be able to pour over assets and liabilities, you know, spreadsheet. Now, AI might be able to do it in, you know, I don't know, um, a few hours, mm-hmm. right? But that frees up human resources to do something more right. meaningful and something that would really help set the directions. Because I don't think AI can do that. It mm-hmm. cannot really think for you and 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 set those parameters. So AI will, again, revolutionize the way we think. And I think as a state, We need to be cognizant of that. We need to be able to be prepared for it. So the strategic plan hopefully will incorporate that. The third is the fact that we do have a new governor 
or recent, more in, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it needs to reflect his um, priorities as well. Because when you work, think about workforce development, it cannot just be, again, a on its own. Think about childcare. Think about housing. Think about mental health. These are some of the priorities of the governor, right? But it has needs to be incorporated into the plan. So it's meaningful because it reflects also his priorities. Nowadays, when I went to the convening that I mentioned, child care was such a big issue because mm-hmm. what prevents people from take, taking on good quality jobs? Transportation mm-hmm. is one. The second is child care and housing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's all of those kind of wraparound services that are needed in order Correct. for people to be able to get and to thrive in mm-hmm. a in a good job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, it sounds like Go ahead. Yeah. So, Vanessa, I forgot. So, let me share with you the process. Yes, please. okay. Because I know I'm talking about, and tell me if I'm if I'm uh, talking too much. No, not at <laughs> all. We we want to hear it, <laughs> please. <laughs> okay. So the process. So we started with a kickoff, the launch, uh, April. I mean, August thirtieth, and we're hoping to have individual um, discussions with both the private sector as well as um, the public sector, obviously. But we're also engaging with a group called the National Governors Association Center for Excellence. So they have the depth of understanding in the way where they've, um, they have a lot of, of, of folks that they're helping throughout the country. So they have, um, lessons learned that we can, we can, you know, capture and we can draw upon. Um, so they're helping, they're going to be helping us facilitate all this and then not necessarily write it. <laughs> But at the same time, be able to to capture it in such a way that would be meaningful and allow us to move forward. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so I I love everything that you have going on, and you guys are doing such amazing work, bringing all of these different players together in order to understand what are the true needs of of the state and and where 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 is the future of work, right? Um, and I I know that you are also working on another new initiative um, and bringing forward an inaugural Future of Work conference in at the end of October. Um, so this exciting half day conference will provide insights and forecasts into the top seven employment sectors, so including tourism, defense, construction, healthcare, technology, energy, and the public sector. Um, I know we just have a few minutes left, but can you give us just a glimpse behind the curtain and share a bit more about your thought process behind this conference? Yeah, so when I think two weeks into the job, we realized that the sector of partnerships, and in fact, the chamber um, is undertaking, are working fantastic. Um, within their own sectors, <clears throat> the participants and the stakeholders um, talk amongst themselves. But at the end of the day, we are an island. And again, one sector, what happens in one sector really affects the other. And so we felt that it was important to convene a conference that would bring all the major employment sectors in one area so that whether you're a CEO or a small business person, you're going to be able to capture what is the future of the workforce for 2024, for the next year? And then you can come back to your shop and be able to plan ahead based on the information. So it brings relevance to uh, to the DLIR as well as mm-hmm. WDC. And by the way, we're very grateful for the partnership of the Chamber of Commerce and 
the resources that you bring to the table. So thank you very much for being our partners in this. Oh, you're so welcome. We are so excited and thrilled to be part of to be part of what will become hopefully a yearly convening. Well, thank you, Bennett. We really appreciate your time today. It was so great to hear your perspectives on workforce development. Before you close out, do you have any final thoughts for our, our um, listeners today? Yeah, you know, I, I thought I would have time to actually take a uh, talk about the American Job Centers. And the American Job Centers are located in every island. And really, if you're looking for a job and you're looking for some career guidance, this is really where to go. They will um, guide you through the pathways the training opportunities, and it's federally funded. So if you're not tapping into an American Job Center, you're really leaving money on the table, leaving an opportunity untapped. So please look into American Job Centers and let's all have quality jobs. There you go, folks. You heard it from, from Bennett, our Executive Director of the State Workforce Development Council. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Voice of Business podcast brought to you by Altrust.